If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to look at one verse. And typically, today is the day that we set aside to recognize and honor our moms. However, I want you to know today is not just a day that I'm supposed to sit up here or stand up here and speak and preach to moms. That's not what Mother's Day is all about. I'm sorry if that's what you came for. That husbands were thinking, get her! Sick him, pastor! Tell her what a virtuous woman looks like! Yeah, I like Proverbs 31. No, that's not what Mother's Day is all about. Gentlemen, I'd, I'd suggest to you that this one verse we're going to look at is applicable to you as well. But the question is, will you allow it to be applicable in your own lives? And so let's look at this one verse together, and then we'll get started this morning. Proverbs 31 and verse number 30. And um, King Lemuel, he's writing here, and he says, Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, notice these words, but a woman that feareth the Lord, is that all it takes? I mean, is that, is that the only requirement? All I have to do is fear the Lord, and I shall be praised? Yeah. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and join our hearts together and see what God's going to do this morning. Father, we thank you for your love. God, I'm so thankful that you were, that you are, and that you always will be the God of heaven and the God of this universe. The God who so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but would have everlasting life. That you are the God who loved us so much, even in yet while we were sinners, that Christ, your Son, the God-man, was willing to come and to die, to shed his blood for the remission of our sins. God, I'm thankful for that. God, I'm thankful for this day that you have made. I'm thankful for our moms. I'm thankful for the women that are here this, this morning. God, I'm thankful that every mom, whether they have given physical birth, that they have the opportunity as a woman to give spiritual birth, that they can, they can teach and admonish and train up children, even children that they never gave physical birth to. And so, Father, I'm thankful for the children who have been mothered by these women in this room. God, I'm thankful for the gift of moms in our lives. God, I'm thankful for the gift of your word today, where we can find that from one simple verse that your word says that women that will fear the Lord, they shall be praised. And so, Father, I pray that in this time that you'll have your will and your way. Certainly, God, if there's somebody within earshot of my voice that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that they've never come to the point where they have realized that they need a Savior, that today that might be made possible through the preaching and teaching of your word and the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And, Father, we'll be careful to give you the thanks for it all. In Jesus' most precious name, and for his sake, amen and amen. You know, the book of Proverbs is pretty interesting. In fact, as we look through this whole book of Proverbs, we find that the central theme, the central focus, the central goal of the book of Proverbs, if you take any time to study it, you know that the main focus of Proverbs is what? Anybody? Wisdom. Wisdom. It's a book of wisdom. 
Wisdom's cry. There's a song that talks about Proverbs being wisdom's cry. And ladies, I want you to know that you're going to be happy. You're going to be happy today, whether you know it or not. Because in the book of Proverbs, guess what wisdom is personalized as? A woman. You say, well, I knew that. That's why God created man first. He had to get it right, and he perfected his creation when he brought women into being. You see, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personalized as a woman. Notice with me on the screen, in Proverbs chapter 3, now this is amazing, guys, pay attention, because when it says a man here, at the very beginning, I'm going to read in verse 13 and following, and when it talks about a man, we're talking about a man neutered sense, so this is man and woman, boy and girl, can find wisdom. Notice what it says. It says, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. What it's saying is that wisdom is more valuable than silver. It's more valuable than gold. In verse number 15, it says, she, notice the word she, she is more precious than rubies. How interesting, because in Proverbs 31, verse number 10, it talks about a virtuous woman, and it says that her price or her value is far above rubies as well. And so we see woman is equated here with wisdom, and we see it in the book of Proverbs. Notice what it goes on. It says, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her, speaking of wisdom. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The book of Proverbs is speaking of wisdom, and it's personalized as a woman. And as we saw in our scripture this morning, it said, Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised because she is operating through God's wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Bible says, If thou seekest her as silver, if you searchest for her as for hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. What we see from God's word is that wisdom herself is rooted in one thing and one thing only. It's not rooted in this world. It's not rooted after the cares of the flesh, the pride of life, and all these different things. Wisdom is rooted in you and I when we reverence God. When we actually think, when we actually do and say those things which are reverencing God, when we stand back in amazement, when we stand back in astonishment, when we stand back in admiration and awe for who God is and what He has done, not only in my life, but in the life of our family, our friends, in the life of His church, which soon and very soon he's going to come back for, man, that's fearing the Lord. When was the last time? Ladies, it is Mother's Day, and so I ask you the question first. When was the last time you woke up? Man, on a Monday. On a Monday, and you said, God, I'm so thankful for you. When was the last time you woke up on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, or a Thursday, and you stood in awe? of what God had done in your life. 
I was talking with a gentleman in Springfield, Missouri. I was out at the National Pastors Meeting this past week of the Baptist Bible Fellowship, and I was talking with a gentleman who was a member of uh, the church in which I was the associate pastor of out in Springfield, Missouri. And during uh, the years that I was there, his two boys were living, uh, let's just say they were living vicariously through themselves. And what a perfect song, you know, when God ran to us. And the story of the prodigal son that's embodied there in that story. And so I started asking him how his boys were. And he said, you'll never believe it. And I said, what's going on? Tell me about it. He said, man, he said, my youngest son, he's doing well. He's got a job. He's a small group leader at his church. I was like, praise the Lord. And he said, and I said, what about your oldest son? I, I saw on Facebook, you know, the world, the world of Facebook. I said, I saw that he got married. How's he doing? He said, you wouldn't believe it. And I said, what, what, what happened? And he said, he said, how can I put it? He said, his mother and I don't know what to say. He said, he's responsible. <laughs> and I said, praise the Lord. No, I didn't say that. I said, you know, I said, God is good, isn't he? And I said, you know, it kind of reminds me of a verse in Proverbs chapter 22 that tells us to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, moms and dads, keep on training. Keep on teaching. Keep on loving your kids, even though they might rebuff that training, even though they think and they know in their heart, because right now, all teenagers are sanguine. They're all caloric. Not sanguine. They're all caloric. They all know that they're right all the time and that I'm the dumbest thing on the planet, you know. But soon and very soon, they will come to realize that I am not as dumb as they thought I was. Because you know why I know that? Because I, I did the same thing with my dad. I did the same thing with my mom. I said, you know what? They're actually not as stupid as I thought. I finally realized that they actually know a few things. And that the things that they were trying to teach me as a young man, now I can take a hold and I can really understand it and I can really live a life that pleases God. Listen, Proverbs 9, verse number 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Notice that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the getting in point of wisdom. You know, there's a lot of people, I love, I love theologians. Theologians are so smart. I'm always the idiot. They're so studied. They're so learned. And there's nothing wrong with studying Scripture. Listen, we're to study to show thyself approved unto God. Workmen and workwomen that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we need to study God's word. We need to memorize God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Listen, we need to do those things. But man, don't ever get your halo on so tight that you think you've arrived. Because whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether you're an uncle, you're an aunt, whether you're grandpa or grandma, you have not arrived because my Bible says, listen, be not wise in thy own eyes. Depart from evil and fear the Lord. Proverbs 3, verse number 7. Yes, Proverbs 31, gentlemen is not a passage that we're to use as a rigid set of standards to hold as a rock over our wives and say, look, 
You need to be a virtuous woman. Look, you need to do it just like this woman in Proverbs 31. You need to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Well, guys, the moment you say that your wife needs to be a Proverbs 31 woman, you better be prepared to be an Ephesians 5.25 woman. Oh, what does that verse say? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved and gave himself for the church. Oh, you want to you you hold your wife to a higher standard? You better start by holding yourself to a higher standard. Listen, today's message is simply be praised. Be praised. I'm not talking about... Now, let me, let me say this. I'm not talking about giving my mom or giving my wife, who is the mother of my kids... Let me just tell you, I'm thankful for my wife. My wife, you know what? What's that old saying? She who rocks the cradle rules the world. That woman's been ruling my world for about 25 years, aside from Jesus Christ. She holds the keys to my heart. That woman has loved her kids. I'm thankful for the children that my wife has mothered that she didn't give birth to. Some of you know that. Some of you are those kids that my wife has mothered and cared for and cherished, and you're not hers. Thankful for you today. Listen, I'm not talking about giving an inappropriate praise to a woman. I'm not talking about giving an inappropriate praise to a daughter or a grandmother. I'm talking about giving praise to a woman. It says be praised. Because see, when, we, when a woman fears the Lord, when a man fears the Lord, we can praise that because we're praising the work of God in and through that woman. I'm not giving an inappropriate praise to a, a, a person. Be very careful about doing that. There's only one that we're to revere. You get that? There's only one that we're to revere. Listen, verse number 30 says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. This verse actually contrasts a woman who is wise and a woman who is merely charming and pretty. Let me just say, I have nothing wrong with pretty uh, 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 clothes and, and setting yourself up to, to look the best that you can. I believe... Uh, Mrs. Skinner used to say this to ladies all the time. Ladies, if the barn needs some paint, paint it. <laughs> Y'all, you have to have been here back in the 90s to get that one. But she did, didn't she? Some of you battlefield ladies know. I mean, she went out to Baptist Bible College and, and scared the students one time. She said, women... You need to, if that barn needs painting, you better paint it. That's biblical, you know. Listen, hey, I understand all that, but there's a contrast that's being placed between a wise woman and a woman who is merely focused on her outer beauty. Guys, it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. If all you're concerned about is what you look like and there's nothing going on inside, stay with me. If there's nothing going on inside, there's a problem. There's a problem spiritually. If there's not something that's bubbling up inside and coming out of your heart, see, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But also, those who came to the marriage event, we talked about that cup. Tom Wagner was talking about that cup. And, and if we fill that cup with bad, if we fill the cup with bad, 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 and hurt and anger and, and all these different things, then those are the things that are going to come out of your marriage cup. Those are the things that are going to come out of your cup as a mother. Those are the things that are going to come out of your cup as a woman, as a man, as a young man, as a young woman. It doesn't matter. 
And so we got to be putting good in, good in, good in, good in. We need to be overflowing, filling up our cup daily with the things that are good. Someone has said this, it says, beauty isn't about having a pretty face. It's about having a pretty mind, a pretty heart, and a pretty soul. Guys, our aim, our aim should be to seek a higher form of beauty that only can come from God. We need to seek that form of beauty. And since we're on the subject, verse number 30 is not condemning a woman who dresses well or looks good. It's condemning beauty that lacks wisdom. It condemning, it's condemning beauty that lacks wisdom and lacks morals. The point of all this is that when our relationship with Christ is real or genuine, it's going to have an effect on how we live. In fact, it's not only going to, it's going to temper, it's going to uh, actually refine our passions, if you please. The things that we desire, the things that, that we're concerned about. I always tell people this, you have problems communicating with your family? Look at your desire level. Look at your desire level. I tell this, is if there's a problem communicating with your mom, ladies, you're here, and maybe your mom is not here, maybe she's much older, maybe she's that 90-year-old with a lot of money uh, that, that, that my man wants to find and marry over here. Um, you know, you can... It, here's the thing. Sorry, brother. I know Matt threw you under the bus, whatever. Um, ladies, if you'll take time, if you'll take time to love your mother, it'll pay off. It'll pay dividends. You know, uh, when we get to the desire phase of our life, it actually dictates our actions. Whatever you desire in your heart, it's going to dictate your actions. So if you're in a conversation with your husband, with your wife, with your mother, with your father, with your children, and your desire is to be right, my desire is to be heard, which you get louder. My desire is to have reconciliation. My desire is to have this whole thing over with. Then guess what? That's going to dictate how you communicate. So you see, because if my desire is to be right, then I'm going to try and convince the person, however I can, in whatever way I can, that they are wrong and I am right. If my goal or my desire is, uh, is to have resolution to the problem, then I may be willing to give in on areas that I shouldn't be giving in, biblical areas. And so our desires dictate our actions, but here's the thing. As we remember to fear the Lord in everything that we say, everything that we think, everything that we do, our actions have what is known as consequences. Sometimes we say things, we think things, and we do things without costing without uh, uh, numbering the cost, not, not assessing what it's going to cost us in the end. So I have one thought today. What does it mean, what does it look like to fear or reverence the Lord? In the Old Testament, the word fear is the word yar. And it literally means to fear or to be afraid or to revere. And uh, that's where we get the word reverend from. I was telling somebody the, uh, yesterday, we were talking about this, there's only one that we revere, and his name is Jesus. And so we get that word. You know, there's other Hebraic meanings of that word yar in Scripture, and, the word, and those words include the idea of this, standing in awe or having a deep respect or honor for. 
Now, in the New Testament, the word that is used for fear is the word phobie, where we get the word phobia. You ever have a phobia against something? You know, uh, I know Carl has a phobia against snakes. He doesn't like snakes. And so he stays away from them. I don't know what his problem is. Listen, there's phobias that we have. And that word in the New Testament actually means to put flight, to flight by terrifying, to flee or to be afraid. But it also carries the meaning of reverence and to hesitate. Now, why is this important to understand the meanings of the word fear? Well, because if you're an unbeliever, if you're someone who is here, you've heard a lot about God, but you've never come to the point where you say, you know what, I probably ought to ask God to forgive me. You've never come to the point where you realize that all have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God, and you're sitting here and you say, I've never done that, then there is an appropriate fear for the unbeliever. Actually, in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 28, the Bible says this, Jesus speaking says, and fear them, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But Jesus says this, he says, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10 also, verse number 31, the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And so for an unbeliever, there's a rightful fear that comes with when you start to think about God. That's why I want to encourage you, if you don't know Christ as your Savior today, I want you to stop fearing God in that realm and to start fearing Him and standing in amazement of who He is and what He wants to do in your life today. Oh, listen, if you're a Christian here, the fear of God should look much different in your life. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, the Bible gives us a great description of this fear when the Bible says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Stop and think about that. Wherefore we receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved. Let us have grace. And then notice these words, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And then it says this in verse number 29, for God is a consuming fire. Listen, because you and I as believers, as Christians, because we have been blessed with the forgiveness of sin, with the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, our fear of God should compel us. You know, the Bible says the love of Christ compels us. Our fear of God, the amazement, the astonishment, the admiration, the awe of God should compel us to live and serve acceptably in God's sight. You know what that word acceptably means? It means we ought to please Him. Ladies, here's the big thought. Are you pleasing God with your life today? Men, is what you think, is what you say, is what you, and what you are doing today, are you doing it in a way that pleases God? And if not, the simple message is change. Change it. Get rid of the stinking thinking. Get rid of the filthy communication. Get rid of the ungodly acts and start living in a way that pleases God. Put God first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things, all the things that we think we have need of that are chronicled before that verse, he says, he'll add them unto you. And so we need to fear the God. Uh, I think about Paul. He told the saints at Ephesus, and we covered this over the past week, you know, in Ephesians 5, verse 21, he tells all the saints at Ephesus that they ought to be submitting themselves one to, uh, one to another in the fear of God. 
I remember David. David also uh, had a proper fear. And he knew that a proper fear of God was to be a part of his, of his walk. In fact, I think they have it. If you throw it up on the screen in Psalm 86, verse number 11, David prayed these words. He said, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 13, we read these words. It says, Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And then what's really cool is if you read on, the very first part of verse number 14 begins by declaring that when we do that, when we fear him, that he will become our sanctuary, i.e., he will become a holy place to us. Do you go in to the holy presence of God every day in fear, appreciation, amazement of who he is? Oh, I pray that you will. But I ask myself, why do we fear him? Why should we fear him? You know, it's Mother's Day. I saw the verse, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. But why? Why? Just because you stand up there and say so? No. Because the Bible over and over, and guys, I will tell you to do your own exhaustive study. Because when you just, just type in a concordance or, or into a Bible uh, program, the word fear, and see how many times it comes up in Scripture. But be careful to understand the meaning of the word fear when you're reading it. There is a fear that is like, eh, and then there's a fear that says, I am in awe of who you are, God. In fact, you say, why should we fear him? I say just a few thoughts. A proper fear keeps us safe. If we would have a proper fear of God, if we had a proper fear of the Lord, it would keep us all safe. In Psalm 91, verse 4, the Bible says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. We were talking about this in our Bible study just a couple of weeks ago. This is what we call in Scripture, I'm going to throw a big word out there, and our, my class, some of the class is laughing. I'm going to throw a big word out there for you today, and you can go and study it on your own. It's called anthropomorphisms. You're like, what? What did he just say? Did he say anthropo what? Anthropomorphisms. There are times in Scripture where God reveals himself as a person. There's times in Scriptures where God reveals himself as an animal. There are times in Scripture where God illustrates himself so that you and I can understand God who is a spirit. You see, Jesus told the woman at the well, God is a spirit. He that worships God must worship him in spirit and truth. God reveals himself to us so that we can understand him better. And in Psalm 91, 4, he says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. In Psalm 118, verse number 6, the Bible says, The Lord is on my side. I'm thankful for that. Are you thankful he's on your side? Are you thankful you got an advocate with the Father so that one day when you stand before that judgment seat, and you're standing before Almighty God and Satan's saying, cast him into hell, cast her into hell. Jesus said, nope, nope, covered in the blood. Amen. Next, covered in the blood. Next, covered in the blood. Oh, I'm thankful that he's on my side. I'm thankful that I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. But the Bible says the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Listen, when we have a proper fear, when we have a proper understanding of God, we have no need to fear what man can do. I get uh, 
You know, some people uh, over the years, I've had, you know, I've had my run-in with health issues and everything, and uh, we were out here throwing mulch, I think, around. And Jared and I were talking about this. We were, we were putting mulch outside, you remember? And uh, everybody's concerned. They're like, hey, pastor, stop shoveling mulch, you know. You know, stop working, stop serving. And I, and I, and I said, man, I'm good. And, uh, and then Jared was, was saying to me, and we were encouraging one another, and he says, you know what? He said, you are the protected one. And I said, well, you know, talk about, and I don't know that was exactly those words verbatim, but the idea was this, that God has his hand of protection on me until God is finished with me. Oh, man, I'm glad he's on my side. Now, I, that doesn't mean I need to run out here and do silly things. That doesn't mean I need to go out here and be foolish with how I live my life. But as long as God's hand of blessing is on me, as long as God is using me to fulfill his purpose in this ministry, you know what? We're talking about some safety strategies and stuff, and Bill and I were talking about, you know, that if someone were to come after me, what would I do? Now, Bill knows that I would probably stand here and, and be like, and pull out my Captain America shield and take a bullet for everybody. But Bill said, uh, he said, no, you, you need to get off the platform. He said, you need to get off the platform because they're coming for you. Yeah, they're coming for me. They're, they're coming because they have a dissatisfaction with God, not with me. It isn't like somebody dislikes Greg. It's that they're upset about what we're talking about. That's why somebody would do something like that. But we were talking about those things, and I was reminded of our discussion when Jared said, you know what? You're protected. You're protected until God is finished with you in the pastor, in the ministry that he's called you to right now. You are protected. That doesn't mean stand up and shoot me right now, by the way. You're like, let me see how protected you are if I stand up here and give you... God would be finished with me. If that's your mindset, we either believe that he is sovereign or we do not. That's a whole different message. Listen, Proverbs 29 Verse 25 says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Fear keeps us safe. Uh, fearing the Lord also brings huge blessings. In Psalm 25, verse 14, the Bible says the secret, I love this verse, notice this. It says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Now, look at the word secret on the screen. It says the secret. What that means there is that the intimate friendship the intimate friendship the counsel of the Lord is with them that fear him oh you need counsel today do you need wisdom it says if you lack if any man lack wisdom let him ask of God that's James 1 5 are you in need of some wisdom or you need some counsel let me ask you another question maybe you're in need of a friend anybody need a friend if you don't raise your hand and say you don't need a friend, then you're lying to me, you're lying to your wife, you're lying to your husband. Every one of us need friends. Why not have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother? I got news for you. There were times that my earthly brothers let me down. I remember when I was a little boy, before my mother passed away, my brothers and I were having a pillow fight on my dad and mom's bed. And I don't know where I heard it, and I'll not repeat it from the pulpit, but I said a phrase that basically called my mother a female dog. Yeah, ooh. That's 
My backside has not recovered from that beating. As soon as I said those words, my dad appeared in the doorway. You think moms have eyes in the back of their head. My dad had a sixth sense. He opened up that door, and his finger, which is a lot longer than mine, he said, come here. And I was like, me? I was like, are you talking? That was, that was my brother. He said that. He said, no, I heard your voice. You come here. And I, I was in there, and I was a little boy, and he says, who in the world ever taught you that phrase? And I said, my brothers. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. I backed the bus right up over my brothers. You know, after we all got whoopings, because that's what we got back in that day, my dad had a belt. Uh. My dad had a sixth sense of humor. He went to New Mexico and he got belts, all leather belts, and he had our names embossed on them. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I do not kid about, I do not kid about receiving a spanking from my dad. And my dad, he got name, all of them had names. And so when he got ready to uh, use those weapons of mass instruction, <laughs> he would tell us to go get our own belt because he didn't want to use his. And so guess what? I had to go as slow as I could, thinking that he might forget he was going to spite me when I come. And he would holler, he'd say, Greg Allen, get down here. I'd come down there, and he would use that weapon of mass instruction. Listen, I learned very early that I needed a friend that stood closer than my brothers. You know, you know sometimes husbands will fail you, wives. I don't need any amens. Husbands, Sometimes your wife, sometimes the mother of your children will let you down. That's why we need intimate friend with, that's why we need that intimate friendship. That's why we need the counsel with Christ. We need God in our lives. Guys, fear the Lord. The Bible says, a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Guys, that's true for you too. If we'll fear the Lord, if we'll seek Him first, if we'll put Him first, if we'll have that intimate, close friendship with Him, we will be praised as well. Psalm 31 verse 19 says, Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear or reverence thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Those who choose to keep and fear the fear of God before their eyes, before their every thought, before their every word, before their every deed, those guys that don't run from the Lord, those women that don't run from the Lord, they're going to be able to take refuge in Him. They're going to be blessed. They're going to be praised. Psalm 34, the Bible says this. I love this passage. Notice what it says the angel of the Lord does. It says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them, What's the, what's the key? It encamps around about them that what? Fear him. And then notice what the angels of the Lord do. It says, and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Verse number 10, this is wonderful. It says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger. Oh, but I'm so thankful for the word but in Scripture. Over and over over and over, especially in Ephesians chapter 2. But God, who was rich in his mercy, loved us with a great love. Notice what it says here. It says, but they that seek the Lord shall not want. 
any good thing. Just in this short snippet of Scripture, we can see the promise of God's protection, the promise of God's provision. Ladies, when you fear the Lord, you're going to be praised. Men, when we fear the Lord, we're going to be praised. And not only are we going to be praised, we're going to be blessed as well. Psalm 145 says, He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. Guys, I, I wrote this down thinking about these verses and many others that we don't have time to look at. His presence, His provision, His protection, His promises are so glorious. Why would we want to reject that? Why would we want to reject His promises, His provision, His protection? It doesn't make sense. And so my encouragement to you, ladies, is fear the Lord. My encouragement to you today, guys, is fear the Lord. Because the last thought I think about when I think about that the fear of the Lord should govern everything that we do is really the point of this whole thing, is this idea that fearing the Lord reminds us of His love. If I'm actually in astonishment of who He is, I'm going to be reminded that He loved the world so much that He willingly sent His Son to die on a cross for me. I think about the Apostle Paul. This guy went through it. This guy was beaten. He was beaten within earshot of death over and over and over again. He was left for dead many times. He was stoned, should have died then. He was shipwrecked. He was, he was uh, uh, abandoned. Uh, his own countrymen attacked him. On and on. I mean, I can't even go into the details that the Apostle Paul faced, but I'm also reminded that in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, For I am persuaded. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh my goodness, why not fear the Lord? The Bible says you'll be praised, ladies. And when we're praised, and when we think about this, we can have an, a, a, a remembrance of His love for us. I'm also reminded in Hebrews 13, verse number 5, that the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. Oh my goodness, today I want to encourage you, fear the Lord. Because in Proverbs 14, I conclude, the Proverbs 14, the Bible says, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and His children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You know, when you and I meditate, when you and I live according to biblical fear, we're going to be reminded of His great love. I think of that song. I was singing it this morning in my office, and many that were in the choir years ago will remember this. You know, it goes like this. Out of His great love, He picked me up. He set my feet on a sturdy rock. Out of His great love, I've learned the meaning of our salvation. Out of His great love. I was thinking of that song this morning. When we fear the Lord, we're reminded of His great love. You know, Solomon at the end of his life, Solomon looked for the meaning of life in a lot of things, and he saw a lot of stuff that was vanity and vexation of the Spirit. It was empty. It was wasted time, so to speak. And at the very end of Ecclesiastes chapter 12, he says in verse 13, he says, uh, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let's hear the conclusion of all of life. Let's hear the conclusion of it all. And this is what he writes. What's the first thing he says? Fear God 
Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Ladies, happy Mother's Day. I want to encourage you today. Let your admiration, let your astonishment, let your amazement, let your awe of God be seen in everything that you think, everything that you say, and everything that you do. And men, I want to encourage you. You're not off the hook today. I want to encourage you. You're not off the hook today. Walk in His ways. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with thanksgiving and love Him as He has loved you. And I guarantee you this, that not only will others look at your life and you'll be praised, but your wife and your kids and everyone that you are around on a continual basis will praise you because of God working in and through you. Happy Mother's Day.